Hey everyone, welcome to the Sunny Go One Piece podcast. And today we are taking a break from the usual rewatch episode and doing another ranking episode. You all seem to really like these ranking episodes, so I decided to do another one. Although I've only done one so far, and you really like that one particular one, so maybe it was just that subject matter. But this time we are going to go through my favorite Straw Hat crew members and ranking them. Don't worry, I'll eventually get to ranking my favorite ending themes if that's where you all thought where I was going with the next one. Now these are obviously my opinion and most likely will vary wildly compared to your own rankings for sure as each member will speak to us in very different ways. I also want to make mention that this is definitely a spoiler episode because obviously the very fact that some of these characters are mentioned on this list are pretty big spoilers in and of themselves. However, most of the spoilers are kept to about the Dress Rosa arc except for one portion in the Nami section. I make mention to a more recent uh, 103rd act moment, so if you wanted to avoid just that, just know that that is there. Now, the criteria that I am basing my rankings on are mostly just feel. You know, how excited I am to see each of them the great moments they've had in the series up to this point, as well as how each of their personalities and actions have affected me personally and how I view them. Before getting into the official rankings, I want to do some honorable mentions as these aren't official members, but they've traveled with the Straw Hats a significant amount of time to where I feel like they're kind of members and deserve some mention. So at a pseudo number 14, we have Carrot, who has been with the crew since, um, well, Zoe, where she was first introduced and she kind of stowed away on the sunny go. And right now there's kind of a debate going on as to whether Carrot will eventually join the crew at some point just based on how long she's been with them. I'm at this moment pretty indifferent. I don't think I would hate it if she joined and but I don't think I would be like overly joyed yet I just haven't seen enough of her to really go one way or the other and also she just hasn't had that like big character growth and development in terms of like seeing her backstory like she doesn't have a tragic backstory yet at number 13, I have a combo, which is kind of a cop-out, but Kinemong and Momonosuke, obviously they have been traveling with the Straw Hats since Punk Hazard, and I really like these two. Now, I know neither of them are going to join the crew, but the fact that they've been with the character or the crew for so long, and I enjoy both of them in very different ways. Momonosuke started off a little bit iffy. I didn't quite like him as much, but he's definitely grown on me, especially as of late. And then finally, probably the best one out of the non-crew members is Law. So Trafalgar Law, I mean, he might as well be a crew member at this point. He has become such an integral person in terms of just being with the crew, how he interacts with them. The amount of time and investment he has put into the, the, the Straw Hats is pretty unimaginable. And let's face it, Law is an amazing character. I mean, he has become so popular that he can almost take down oh actually he has taken down Sanji and Luffy at one point in the character popularity polls so Law is definitely really popular and I also like him and he has one of the best flashback um, sequences 
ever in the series. One of the more heartbreaking and horrifying backstories in the entire series. And just, yeah, seeing Law with the Straw Hats is really funny and also really compelling, too, at the same time, just because of, A, how well he meshes with them, but also how opposite he is compared to most of the Straw Hat members. So yeah, that's what I have for 14, 13, and 12 unofficially. Now, I have one more special category before we get into the actual members, and you obviously need, have probably have noticed that I left off one very important member, and this special category is for Vivi and Karu. So just a special mention at number 11, I have Vivi and Karu because they are in fact official members of the Straw Hat Pirates, even if they're no longer traveling with the rest of the crew, and they deser deserve to be recognized as as such. I love Vivi. I mean, her slow growth of affection and trust towards the crew and Luffy is so great to watch. The way she starts off apprehensive of them but slowly grows to love and trust them unconditionally. Vivi has so many great qualities and she is so selfless, strong, and such a great leader. I mean, let's be honest, even if she's not part of the crew right now, we know she'll come back to help the crew in some big way at some point from a political standpoint or even from a combatant standpoint because she is just that awesome. And, you know, Vivi has one of the best scenes in the entire series and one of my favorite when they send her off, but they also acknowledge that she is still a crew member, a very much a nakama of the Straw Hats, and that is never going to change, and that's why I consider her still a very much a crew member of the Straw Hats. Alrighty, getting into the main crew members now. At number 10, and by no means does this not mean that I don't like this character, because I love all the characters. All 10 members are incredible, and they are some of my favorite characters in all of media, really. And so just because they're lower on this list does not mean that I do not like them at all. It's just among these 10 people, it's hard to stand out at the top and you have to be pretty exceptional. So to start off this ranking, I have Brooke. While I love Brooke, he is at 10 because he just hasn't gotten enough screen time or standout moments. By being one of the newest members, he by virtue has had some of the least amount of screen time, but Brooke is a great crew member and his backstory is probably the second most heartbreaking and compelling one. The fact that he had been isolated for 50 years lost in the Florian Triangle only to come upon Moria and then immediately get his shadow taken from him but then just to be as welcoming when a couple years later they finally meet the Straw Hats and meet Luffy. And this is so incredible. The kindness and warmth he shows in addition to his amazing introduction and backstory, Brooke has a great character design. He's funny, has some epic moments, especially towards the Whole Cake Island arc with him taking on Big Mom by himself, getting the rope poneglyph rubbing, and then the real surprise of him being the one to break Mother Caramel's picture to weaken Big Mom. I mean, all of those epic moments in one arc. I mean, you know, Whole Cake Island was supposed to be Sanji's arc, but Brooke got a lot to do in that arc, and it was really cool to see. I think the one thing that stands out about Brooke is that he's incredibly loyal to his crew, especially his captain, Luffy. 
This is especially pronounced during Sabodi when just days after he joined the crew, he was willing to lay down his life protecting Sanji and Usopp as they were about to be attacked by Kuma. In what at the time was easily one of the most terrifying moments for the crew, having just lost Zoro to who knows where, and he immediately jumps in front of Usopp and Sanji to protect them. Obviously he gets sent off too. He's also the long-awaited musician Luffy had been looking for, and the culmination of a very long-running joke where Luffy wanted to have a musician above all other crew member positions, which is obviously ridiculous, but now he finally has one. Also, without Brooke, we wouldn't have the great song Binks no Sake. All in all, Brooke is a great character, but he just has not had enough moments to shine or stand out as the rest of the crew, unfortunately, which lands him at the number 10 spot. At number 9, we have our newest member, the infamous whale shark himself, Jinbei. I personally love Jinbei. His design and both of his voice actors, his role in the crew, his personality, his combat style, just about everything about Jinbei is freaking awesome. I love his honorable and sincere nature despite him being introduced as a shibukai and a former leader of Arlong. It was a surprise to see someone who you expected to be an incredibly intimidating and evil character be this sort of serene and contemplative man in captivity along with Ace and Impel Downs. Jinbei obviously hasn't been with the crew all that long, but when he's in the story, he makes it count. Every time Jinbei makes an appearance, he does something epic or emotionally resonant. While he has some great moments like everything he does in Marine Ford, uh, withdrawing from the Big Mom Pirates, or showing up to Wano, nothing will ever affect me more than his speech to help Luffy during his grief over failing to save Ace. That moment solidified to me that Jinbei was a special character, especially the quote, you've experienced great loss, but remember what you still have, reminding Luffy that even though he's lost Ace, he still has his crew, his nakama. And that is something I'll never forget. And it's something that I actually live by to this day, you know. Now that I'm getting older in my life, I am starting to experience greater and greater loss. And it's important to grieve, but also not to get lost in that loss as well and to just be appreciative and thankful for what you do still have and I always think back to this one scene and this one quote from Jinbei and it's really stuck with me. Jinbei is a bit lower on this list again by virtue of him being the newest member and not having as many moments as the others just like Brooke but he is still one of my favorite characters and edges Brooke out just because of the fact that I like Jinbei's design and personality a little bit more than Brooke landing him at number 9. Next at number 8 I have Frankie, our resident cyborg shipwright. Well that's hard to say. Frankie is in one word wacky. Frankie is still such a strange crew member to me, even from the get-go when he was first introduced. I was convinced that he was so weird that Polly was actually going to be the one to join the crew as their shipwright, but it ended up being Frankie, and it makes total sense now, in hindsight that is. Frankie is here because, to be honest, he's just hilarious whenever he's on screen. He has the biggest personality of the crew, I would say even more so than Luffy, and he's literally the biggest person in the crew now. His flamboyant personality to his willingness to show his emotions is always a joy to watch. I think that my most favorite takeaway from Frankie is that total unabashed confidence to be himself no matter how crazy it may look to others. He wears his heart on his sleeve, never afraid to show vulnerability and cry, but also be flamboyant and embarrassing 
and be tough and hard when he needs to be. And well, yeah, he's tough as steel. And aside from the fact that he's a cool and funny cyborg, he's just genuine with everyone, friend or foe. And his highlight moment is obviously the match between him and Senor Pink in Dress Rosa, and it displayed all of Frankie's greatest qualities in one fight sequence. I think if there's one thing holding Frankie back for me is the fact that to me, he seems slightly disconnected from the crew. He doesn't seem to have that close connection with any particular crew member. He's not anyone's best friend or rival or mentor. He just sort of has a good relationship with everyone, but not like a standout one. And so he just kind of feels a little separated to me. But in addition, Frankie just hasn't really had too many standout moments to shine since the senior pink fight you know he had a few great moments in the earlier part pre-time skip but i think for now he often just gets relegated to support roles which is why i have frankie here at number eight unfortunately and as you have probably noticed by now the remaining seven are obviously our longest tenured crew members and thus are not surprisingly above these three as we've had much much longer to become attached to them and that is no different for me so at number seven, I have our favorite reindeer physician, Tony Tony Chopper. Chopper is one of my favorite characters for sure. He's such a unique character with such a sunny and innocent disposition. He's the youngest member of the crew, being two years younger than the next youngest, which I believe is Luffy and Usopp. He's an animal that's gained the abilities of a human, which is unique enough as is, but then throw in his rumble ball, and Chopper becomes so fun to watch in combat with his many forms. Chopper, being the youngest, is really fun fun to watch and seeing all the other members sort of take on a mentorship slash guardian role for Chopper is, is also really great to see. I feel like Chopper has such a great relationship with pretty much everyone in the crew. However, the relationships between him and Zoro as well as him and Usopp are on another level. It's so fun to see these moments pop up, especially when, when Zoro goes into sort of that protective mode and Chopper goes running to him for protection. And his backstory is definitely one of the saddest of them all. But the conclusion to his intro arc drum island is easily one of the more emotional and heartwarming moments and i never tire of watching it despite how watching the drum island arc always brings me to tears between his backstory and the ending with the pink snow chopper has also been one of the few crew members who's had a clear character arc in the first half of the series pre-time skip you know with him trying to get over his insecurities of being perceived as a monster and learning to believe in himself as a valuable member that belongs in this crew however ironically i think one of the things that holds chopper back is the fact that in the second half of the series he hasn't really had much to do other than healing the crew because his arc is finished before the time skip even happened i mean by the time he comes back he's already okay with being seen as a monster as long as he's strong enough to help luffy and the crew so he doesn't really have too much growth to work towards either anymore and you know he hasn't had many moments since the time skip unfortunately but i do hope chopper gets some more work and he has he's been starting to have some pretty cool moments in the wano arc so i am really happy to see that and but until then you know he will be number seven but also he's so damn cute both his original chubby design and his newer thinner design I like them both in their own ways. I kind of wish they had stuck with the chubby design because I did like that a little bit more, but I definitely can see the appeal and the more marketability of his thinner design now. 
At number six, I have Nico Robin. Robin is usually the most interesting character in the crew from her journey to joining the crew, her backstory, her personality, and her dream. All of it is shrouded in, in this slight veil of mystery. She's always been kind of distant, but also really cool and collected. But Robin has this other side that she rarely ever lets out. But as the series goes on, she slowly begins to reveal to us the side of her that is often hidden, but also quite unexpected. One of my favorite things is her secret liking of anything cute, like Chopper or or when she's cheering on Ryunosuke at the beginning of Zo. I love that we keep getting more and more of her personality bit by bit to the point where in Wano, we finally get to see Robin make one of those exaggerated ugly faces when she discovers Luffy's captured. I feel like now she is finally a full member of the Straw Hats because up until now, she hasn't really ever made one of these exaggerated ugly faces and everybody has made one, but she has kept up this sort of persona being very calm and collected. And so she never has made one of those and now she's got one and it feels like Things have finally come full circle and it's awesome. It has honestly been one of the coolest things watching Robin slowly join the crew and her warming up to each of them, then trying to push them back during Water 7 and NES Lobby only to be brought back in the most heartfelt reunion. I think one of my favorite examples of this is how she addresses each member before NES Lobby by their position title in the crew and after by their actual names showing how she's become truly invested and trusts them. I mean, as a character, she's just so strong emotionally and mentally after what she's had to endure all the loss and loneliness, which highlights just how strongly she loves as well now that she has somewhere to call home and a group of people to call family. There's just something about Robin you can't help but be intrigued by. Robin also embodies the idea that no one is meant to be alone. You will eventually find people that will accept and love you unconditionally and stand by you no matter what. And that's something myself and many people sometimes need reminding every now and then. However, the reason why she isn't higher is because like Frankie, Robin has almost exclusively been relegated to support. She rarely ever gets moments to shine and doesn't get too many highlight one-on-one -on -one fights to showcase her talent. And this really sucks. I really wish this would change because Robin is an amazing character with an awesome power, which is the Hana Hana no Mi fruit. And she can do so much with that fruit and it's so cool. And it was presented so awesomely when she was first introduced, but now it's not utilized, I feel like, to the best of its ability. So she lands at number Number six for now, unfortunately. I'm sure you've noticed by now that it's, and it's no surprise, that the top five consists of the original East Blue Five. That's because we've spent the most time with these members, and I think it's also by design that Oda actually considers these five the main, main characters of the series, and continues to highlight them more and more than anybody else. And I think he does that intentionally because these are the core five members, and they represent the true main characters of the story. And I don't you know, the other crew members are definitely main characters too, but these five I think are special in a more highlighted way. So number five, I have Nami. Nami is an amazing and dynamic character. She can be strong and cool, but also manipulative and deceitful, yet at the same time compassionate and kind, and above all, incredibly resilient and determined. Personally, Nami is the second most important crew member aside from Luffy, and I don't just mean because of her navigation skills, which are easily the best in the entire series so far, because she represents the logistical side of captaining the, a pirate crew. I always love this aspect because I, I see 
both Nami and Zoro as pseudo-captains, which makes sense as they're his first two crew members. While Zoro handles much of the first mate duties like commanding during combat and also when the hard decisions need to be made, he's right there. But on the other hand, Nami handles much of the day-to-day -day running of the crew and keeps everyone in line as well as directing people on what they need to do. And anytime there's a crisis aboard the Mary or the Sunny, Nami is the one to take control and tell everyone where they need to be and what they need to do to ensure their survival. She's often the one that can see the bigger picture and come up with all the plans. For me, it's just always incredible to see Nami do this so naturally. Another thing I love about Nami is how even though she can be greedy for money or cower in fear from an opponent's strength, when it comes down to it, Nami always shows her true nature and be incredibly kind, generous, and compassionate, or be very brave, strong, and loyal. You know, some of my favorite moments are when Nami takes a stand. And a few moments that come to mind is like when Vivi sees Igaram seemingly killed at Whiskey Peak, and she immediately sees what Vivi needs is reinsurance and compassion. Or most recently, in Wano, when she's about to seemingly be killed by Ulti along with Usopp, even though she's terrified she's about to die, and Ulti is giving her an out to just say that Luffy will not become the Pirate King, and if she does, she'll let him live. But Nami stays true to herself and to Luffy and won't denounce that Luffy will become the Pirate King. And in that moment, she literally thought that she was going to die until a certain somebody came and saved her. And Nami is such an amazing character. I just love her to bits, which is why she gets the number five spot. Alrighty, number four. So in at number four, I have the mighty god Usopp, aka Sogeking. I'm sure most of you who listen to the podcast on a regular basis know that I love Usopp, even before his quote-unquote renaissance in Water 7. Usopp is one of the most fun characters in the series, but also the most relatable and has one of the best character arcs in the series. It's a very slow, slow burn. I'll give you that, but that's one piece in a nutshell for you. It is a very long and slow story. First off, Usopp is hilarious. I mean, he has some of the funniest bursts out loud, hilarious moments in his fights, his reactions, to, and also just his general background comments. He is easily the best at the Tsukomi gag, but everyone in this series is funny. The thing that brings Usopp up to this level is his struggles and how he overcomes each of them. Usopp's not the strongest, fastest, or smartest, but damn it, if he isn't the bravest member of the crew, he is the one person who literally is scared of everything and has the most normal human level power, yet he still goes up against these monsters on a regular basis. Even though he gets scared and runs a lot, he always finds the courage to stand up and face his opposition head on. Each time that happens, it's incredibly inspiring, whether it's versus Chu at Arlong Park, when, or when he dons the Soka King mask and joins in to take on the world government, or facing Perona. <laughs> that fight. I can't wait to talk about that in the series. Or taking out Sugar. I mean, Sugar is, in and of itself, is a terrifying villain when you really think about it. I mean, I definitely will want to talk about Sugar a little bit more when we get to Dressrosa, but Sugar is probably one of the scariest villains and scariest powers in the series. And Usopp basically takes him on, or takes her on, by himself. And then also even taking on Luffy himself. Even though he knows that Luffy is just a hundred times stronger than he is, he still has the courage to fight for what he believes in and that Mary can be saved. He always rises to the challenge and does what needs to be done. Each and every time, it's so satisfying because we know as the reader slash viewer just how difficult it is for him. 
I simply love Usopp because he reminds me that we can't all be these monstrously exceptional people like Luffy or Zoro or Sanji or even like Nami or Chopper, but we can all still stay true to ourselves, be brave, and do what we can within our own abilities to help those around us. And I often think about that one scene in Ennius Lobby when Usopp is lost at what he's supposed to do and then that little reminder from Sanji that there are things that only he can do that can really help the crew and that's when he ends up saving Robin and that is easily one of the most epic moments when he shoots down Spandam and the other marines to save Robin from crossing the gates of justice. It is such an epic moment and he has so many of these. I love all those epic Usopp moments and that's why Usopp is here at number four. It's probably no surprise I have the Monster Trio remaining for the top three spots if you've probably been keeping track. As inspirational and interesting all the other crew members are, I'm a pretty simple guy. I love the cool characters and these are the characters I look forward to seeing the most in the series. So at number three, I've got the best cook himself, Sanji. Sanji is so cool and easily has some of the most fist-pumping hype and surprising hero moments of the entire crew. First off, the obvious. Sanji is one of the strongest members of the crew and in my opinion just be behind Luffy and Zoro. I know that can be kind of contentious between Zoro and Sanji but let's let's be real here. Zoro's stronger than Sanji. Well, I don't know. Maybe the raid suit puts puts them almost equal or slightly above. I guess that's still a debate. He, he is Luffy's left-hand man and is always there to support him, which always puts him in some awesome moments. I think the things that elevate Sanji for me is his fighting style, his covert sense, and the depth of his personality. Sanji is one of the most fun characters to watch fight with his kicks and witty banter. I love how Sanji's fights aren't all necessarily about brute strength like Luffy or Zoro's fights, but he relies on strategy too. Too. Like with Kurobi, like breathing into his gills and getting out of the water, or with Bonclay figuring out his powers and then messing with him and trying to make him touch his face, or Absalom with the invisibility. They're all really great examples of how he thinks his way to an advantage in a fight rather than just brute forcing his way through it. And these types of elements in his fights really make them fun and interesting to watch. But I think more so than anything, the thing I love about Sanji is how he's always in the right place at the right time when you need him the most but least expect it. I mean, some of the best moments are like the Mr. Prince scene in Alabasta where he saves them from Crocodile's cage. You think all is lost and the water is filling up and then Sanji just appears out of nowhere with the anti-manner kick course to one of the uh, banana crocodiles and it's such an epic moment. Or when he's there to follow Robin onto the Puffing Tom as she's being taken away and you think, and again, it's the same thing. You think Robin's about to be lost but then there's Sanji in the shadows and he just says bingo and it's just such an epic moment and he has so many of these or like when he gets to the gates of justice at NES lobby to help their escape and he just instinctively knew to close the gates and then there are so many other smaller moments like in Little Garden how he's the one that finds Mr. Three's hideout and he's there to get information on Crocodile and Baroque works and it's just like he's always there at the right time and you just never expect to see him. All those moments are just so surprising and hype like when you think hope is lost Sanji is there to save the day and kind of sway the advantage back towards the hero side and Sanji's personality is as complex as they come both the good and bad and one of the few members that got two flashbacks to flesh him out he's not just your cliche anime pervert but has many different motivations and traits that drive him I think one of the greatest things about Sanji's character is how his experiences and personalities really mesh so well together and what I mean by that is 
He's inherently kind and always thinking of others' well-being, which makes the fact he became and takes so much pride in being a cook so on point for his character because his whole life is about serving and helping people. You can pretty much say this about any aspect of him from his chivalry to his choice in combat style. They're all very well informed in his character and they all really go well. One is built upon the other. I mean, he's also really funny as hell. Like, I think the, his line deliveries are just so well done, whether it's his cool wittiness or whether his exasperated anger or just his like nonchalant offhanded comments they're all really funny i think the thing that kind of holds sanji back for me is his perversion and the nose bleeding thing really do get over the top and annoying which him which knocks him down a peg for me which is why he lands here at number three in second place i've got the protagonist of our story and the eventual pirate king himself, Monkey D. Luffy. I mean, what can I say about Luffy? He's an amazing character. Always fun, gets along with everyone, and values his friends and Nakama to an unlimited degree. He has all the qualities you could ever want in your main hero. For me, personally, what makes Luffy so damn great is how freaking inspiring he is. And his appearance or reappearance always brings so much hope and excitement. Some of my most viscerally excited moments in this series, or really any medium, whether it be movies, comics, video games, TV shows, Luffy is there. I mean, some of my most viscerally excited moments in the series are when Luffy shows up in the nick of time. I personally think about him saving Vivi after Crocodile drops her off the castle, Nightmare Luffy showing up, when he lands in Marine Ford right in front of the three admirals to save Ace, getting puked up by Megalo in the Fishman Island arc just before Shirohoshi gets attacked, and also stopping Doflamingo from stepping on law, just to name a few. I mean, all those moments are just incredible. People often criticize that Luffy never grows or develops and he's too stupid, but these are just not true. And I actually love how Luffy grows in the series. But first, Luffy is a simple-minded and a little uneducated, but he's not stupid. He's very emotionally and socially intelligent. The way he can see through people and connect with them is nothing short of genius level. His combat prowess is incredible as well. If anything else, his simple-mindedness actually allows him to focus to an even greater level when in combat. And I love that laser-focused drive he has. To the other point, Luffy definitely grows and develops over the story. It's easy to see that he learns more about how the world works and how to better interact with people but the biggest way he grows is as a leader throughout the series he becomes more and more of a capable leader knowing and understanding the responsibility that comes with becoming a pirate captain and it's really awesome to see and lastly i want to mention how creatively luffy uses his ability this will never cease to give me enjoyment out of seeing luffy concoct the most absurd creative and epic ways to use a rubber stretchy power it's always a joy to see what new techniques and moves he comes up with or i should say oda comes up with in the end, Luffy is so fun to watch with some of the most inspirational qualities and moments, and by virtue of being the main character, gets most of the hype moments, which lands him at number two. I'm sure most of you know by listening to the podcast, if you do re listen regularly, that I am one of the many unabashed fans of this next character, and it's bordering on cliche having him as my favorite character of the series, but there's a reason, so let's just get right into it. Number one, my favorite character and crew member of the entire series is Roronoa Zoro. The main reason, he is so damn cool. Zoro is 
just insanely cool. From his personality, his reactions slash interactions, his combat style, his fights are all nothing short of insanely epic. And I know I use that word too much, but it applies here. And each and every time, it's just so fun to watch. He's, re- he's reliable, dependable as Luffy's right-hand man. And even if Luffy is missing in action or down, you still feel this overwhelming sense of security as long as Zoro is at least still standing. There is just so much I love about Zoro. First off, despite being the quiet brooding archetype of a character, he's still incredibly comedic and expressive and funny, as well as genuinely warm. He comes off as cold and aloof, but is incredibly warm and kind, especially towards the weaker members of the crew, always looking after Nami, Usopp, and Chopper in particular. He has easily some of the most epic fights and paneling in the series, especially when you watch him or read him in the manga. Like, seeing his two-page spreads of his epic moves is just so awesome. Like, every one of his major finishing moves always gets that two-page epic spread. Like Luffy, no matter how much of a beating he takes, he always gets back up, even losing more blood than the human body actually has. I also love that he we have this sort of a visual cue with Zoro when he's in combat and how hard he's actually trying based on how many swords he's using and whether or not he has his bandana on. And when he has all three swords and his bandana, you know it's time to get hyped as things are about to go down. I think one of the standout things about Zoro is actually how he naturally takes on the role of Luffy's first mate, like I mentioned in the in the Nami section. He knows when to give directions and orders so that Luffy can concentrate on other stuff, as well as call Luffy out when it's necessary, like when they're discussing what should be done with Usopp rejoining the crew. He also takes on the responsibility of the crew when Luffy is down, just like the most epic moment in the series probably, the infamous nothing happened scene where he had to go up against Kuma. There's just so much to love about Zoro that I could probably do an entire episode about him or really any of the crew members, but I'll save that for another time. I may do like highlight episodes of each crew member and go into much more detail. But in the end, Zoro is just an awesome character that has so many great qualities that balance him out despite his cliche character archetype and has easily some of the best moments in the series, which is why he's my favorite crew member in One Piece. There you have it, my rankings of all the Straw Hat crew members. Like I mentioned, I honestly love each and every one of the Straw Hats no matter where they rank. They're all some of the best characters in anime in general, and all bring something unique to the group dynamic and the ensemble, which makes it really fun to watch on a week-to-week basis. It'll be interesting to see if there will be many more members, or if 10 is where Luffy and Oda will stop, as he initially mentioned at the beginning of the series. Although currently in Wano, it is looking like we may get a new member of some kind, but who knows at the moment. I hope you all enjoyed this and let me know what you think and share your rankings. I definitely would love to know what everybody else thinks. Send me a like or a comment and if you want to join me on this journey of re-watching One Piece with my regular episodes, please consider subscribing. Also check out my Instagram and Twitter account at Podcast if you want updates of when I post new episodes. And also something new, I want to mention, if for whatever reason you want to further support me, I created a Buy Me A Coffee account, so if you'd like to donate, you can find the link in the upper right corner of my website. So yeah, by all means, it's not required or anything like that, just thought I'd throw that out there. But as always, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast, and I hope to see you on the next episode. Bye.